What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Once again, I have another edition of Comic Book Movie Talk. And with me to discuss this week's topic is Mason Vox, my engineer. Hello. We both went and saw Shazam. And we're going to tell you what we thought about it. First impressions was fantastic, actually. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I, I'm, I'm pleased. Very few plot holes, but they did exist at some points. Easily DC's best movie. Like as far as enjoyability. I, I, in, I instinctively I wanted to argue against that with Wonder Woman, but it does actually surpass it quite well. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, clear. I, I think that might just be my bias with my attraction to Gal Gadot. Well, uh, yeah, I'd buy that for a dollar. I mean, what, what was the other guy? Uh, Levi what? or Zachary Levi? Z- Zachary Levi. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but very well done. Like, it, it did feel like Billy Batson. It felt like the same character when Billy Batson turned into Captain Marvel. Yeah. Which, would they never call him Captain Marvel? His uh, real name throughout the movie is uh, Captain Sparklefingers. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think it's way better. Way it. better than Captain Marvel. Way better. So, yeah, no, I'm, uh... <laughs> well, I don't... I, they they really kind of just dive right into this movie. They did. They, I mean, they. you think your first encounter is far less significant than it is. You think it's just, oh, yeah, we're laying out, you know, Shazam's quest. The wizard Shazam. But it turns out to be far more than that. I don't really want to give too much away. At least at this point, we will have a spoiler period later. We we do get our dark DC moments, though. Oh, absolutely. Part, they pretty much almost all take place in the beginning. Well, like we get the Martha moment pretty much in the beginning. We do. Definitely get the Martha moment definitely in the beginning. But I'm going to say this. Lots of violence without blood. Something that DC has been very good at pulling off in the past. And they really shine on this uh, uh, on this production, I really think. You see blood twice in this movie. Once in Shazam's nose when he first gets punched in the face by all what's-his-nuts. Uh, and, and really not that much. Yeah, no, and it's seriously, like, it's just a little bit of blood in his nose. And the second time is when um, old what's-his-nuts gets cut in the back of the head. Yeah, 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 you do, that's right. But that's it. That's it. That's it. That's the only blood. And they're stabbing, and they're flying through glass and buildings, and, like, lots of a lot of scenarios that would make me bleed. Lots of near-death situations with no death. But there were definitely plenty of moments where I felt the violence really build up and, you know, just culminate into the kind of moments I wanted. I agree. I do agree. And... I was worried that this was going to be a very bubblegum film, mm-hmm. and for the lack of blood, one could argue that it might be bubblegum, but at the same time, if you look at all of the action and, um, 
I mean, everything going on. A lot of this movie really is action. Yes. Well, I think one of the things that I felt was really dark was that moment when I I actually pointed out to you that, like, uh, the boardroom scene. There was so much implication about what happened there. And then the next shot we get is, you know, the doctor with his father and everybody else is gone. Yep. There's so much implication right there. Yep. yep. And it was like a that classic Hanna-Barbera death. You know how in uh, the Herculoids, basically. The Herculoids, people died all the time. They, like, entire spaceships of invaders would get thrown off a cliff, crushed by a boulder, and that was permanent death in the series. Yeah. But no blood, no real violence, just a lot of implication. You know, this movie felt like uh like a damn comic book. Oh, absolutely. That's and I, I all the way say, through. It really did. It felt like a comic book. Especially with uh, um spoiler we'll talk about later, but near the end it, I'm going to have to say like especially with the colors of the suit and everything, the the whole end sequence was just fantastic and felt very comic booky. Yeah, no, the, the all of the reveal moments were great. Um, I, I, I gotta say, alright, well, I will say one thing. Something that had me going throughout this movie, there was a lot of things where as soon as that happened, I was like, nope, sold. And that happened, like, the first four minutes. And then, like, seven minutes in, I was like, oh, sold. But I was like, wait, hold on, how do you go more than 100%? Well... It just kept climbing, but I will say the biggest, biggest contributor to one of those moments is the music. Man, they play, the music is so what they should have picked for a, it almost seems like Billy Batson went through and picked this. Hey, absolutely, when it's not, when it's not on that symphonic, you know, when it's not on the symphonic kick, very much kind of dipping into Marvel's territory that they've already plotted out with their classic They're dropping Don't Stop Me Now by Bike. And that's what I'm saying, is when they're not doing that, because they do do that a few times, where they go into the symphonic moments and it works. But the rest of the time, it feels like Billy Batson is like, no, this is what I'd be listening to. Right. Yeah, no. This is what I enjoy. It's. Dude, these tunes are diggable. I, I like I hate to compare it to another podcast or movie, but I had such high expectation for Captain Marvel music and I was just so let down for what I would just would have considered to be better that didn't happen. And with this, I didn't think for a second that music was gonna be such a huge part of this movie, but I'll be damned if it did not set the tone so perfectly all throughout, like I said, like the finding my superhero power montage scene to Queens Don't Stop Me Now. There's just ah there's so many great musical moments in there. Absolutely. You know what was really uh really struck home with their musical choices was uh uh the Miles Morales into the Spider Verse. Yeah. That was know. that was a very, very good um very good film as far as at least the, the soundtrack choice went. It was also my only my only gripe with that film was the uh, the frame rate throughout it. It just felt like they they had a very 
stuttery, choppy frame rate right, throughout like, into the Spider-Verse. I thought that that was very purposeful. Well, while it may be pers- purposeful, it still hurts. It's the same thing with uh, the, uh, the Netflix Castlevania. The Netflix Castlevania does the exact same thing. Like, they have this very choppy frame rate for a lot of action scenes that, while it may be purposeful... To the outside viewer, it seems kind of lazy. And we get over it, but it still seems a little bit lazy. Well, that kind of brings me into another uh, part, or a thing I noticed about this movie, was how they edited everything. The editing was, like, none of it was, just all of the shots were were so brilliant. Like, when he's fighting his first bad guy and all of that stuff, like, the, the how... He's fighting him, fighting him, then he was like, oh, crap, I can fly. And then that whole thing happens, and then, bam, he's getting fought again, he's getting fought again. And that could have been shot in so many different ways and done. I mean, it could have been bad. It really could have been It could have been, been but what made it what it was was the consistency on, uh, what's his name again, Levi? Zachary Levi. Zachary Levi, on his part, the consistency with maintaining that child mentality. Well, made absolutely. it work because it made you feel like you were still watching Billy Batson. You weren't watching some adult guy trying to be Billy Batson. He really did this good job of like, no, like I'm a kid in an adult body and I don't know, what, and I also have superpowers and I don't know what the hell's going on. Well, but I also feel like that entire that entire moment is almost it almost feels like a continuous shot like that, and that's what brings me into the editing. Are you it's talking about so the, smooth, the, the first man. fight, really? Yeah, it's just done so smoothly, and so little, much happens in there. They go up into the atmosphere between and the actual cuts in shots. I will say it actually does feel like very smooth transitions. Yeah, I will agree with it's, you. There. It's, it's not like it's. Ugh, I don't. I thought it was done great. I was I, very impressed. One that. thing I also really want to remark on with this was that. You do not feel, like, once you get into it, you do not feel like any of the moments that they revealed in the trailers are ruined by the time you get to them in the movie. You see them coming. I laugh just as hard. And well, and not only do you laugh just as hard, but you enjoy them just as much. My biggest moment that I was worried about was the, you know, the one that was revealed in the trailer where he, if you haven't seen this trailer, spoiler, but jumps off the roof and does the shazam, you know, and flies away. And then flies away, and I was like, oh, man, but that would have been such a cool moment to see in the movie by itself. And by the time you get there, you see it coming, and you're excited for it. And you're like, all right, yeah, that was done so well. And the whole, like, uh, convenience store robbery thing, like, oh, you're bulletproof? That scene goes on for so much longer. So much longer like than that, I thought that, it would. That, I, I, seriously, like, I thought that trailer was like, oh, cool, they're just going to show us the funniest thing about the movie yeah. and try to sell us, because that's what Warner Brother does, is they screw up on their trailer marketing and give us everything. But they give didn't us nothing to No. I, I honestly just think, you know, stop there with, you know, about that scene yeah. even. But it's... I, I just want to point out that any scene you've seen in the trailer... There's more to it, and it definitely plays out a lot further, and you enjoy it a lot more than you would expect to. Yeah, no, not not a moment ruined due to marketing. No, not and at all. And that is a severely amazing win for DC. Well, and I want to say that because, you know, there have been so many movies where I'm just like, oh, we're at this point, okay, this was brought up in the trailer. And this one, every time we get to those points, like... 
oh, crap, okay, what's really going to happen here? Because they had already kind of previously established you didn't know that there was more to that. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. So, being that this is a comic book movie, I want to talk about how I feel... How it relates to the comics that I just recently started reading. Is it was never spoiler territory? No. Uh, no. I was recently... I mean, no one's in the, this movie was coming out. When it, I guess I should back up just a little bit, give a little bit of history on how I, I initially felt about the announcement of the movie. I was upset. For one, because I knew that Marvel was doing their Captain Marvel thing. Two... Secretly, don't know a darn thing about Shazam. So I was like, ah, damn it, another movie I don't know anything about. <laughs> and, I mean, I just, and I, don't, I didn't really know anything about the actors or anything like that. So I just, I wasn't sure what there was to be anticipating. And, on top of it all, DC's wonderful track record. So yeah, that, uh, to be fair, I'll give you that one. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's hard to get excited, or at least has been. I say that, that that's all changed. So. When all that came out, uh, DC did what they do, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, let's uh, put out a Shazam comic. And they had Jeff Jones write them out. And I tell you, <laughs> through four issues now, and I think pretty m- I think I uh, just discussed through, or on, like, issue, or episode 22 or 23, uh, the last issue is Shazam, and... They are doing such a good job of using this comic to segue into this movie. If you're reading the comic, it has a, a, a lot to do. No, I mean, obviously, not everything to do. But there's a lot of canon that is crossing between the film and the comic. Right, so I thought it was great that DC was like, alright, we're putting out this movie naturally, or hopefully... People are going to want to go out and read read Shazam. So, so is the comic more of an alongside thing? I almost, I almost feel like. Well, I, I or know that it, watching the more credits of a, in the movie, Jeff Johns' name name came up. So I know I want to say that he's an executive well, producer and, behind it. Uh, not going too far on it, we can do it in a little bit. But the end credit scene kind of gave us a little bit into the comic universe that's coming. Yeah, I mean the cinematic universe, but it's based on the comics, as far as you know. For sure, and even not necessarily just the, uh, like even in the very beginning when they say the Rock of Eternity, I'm like, we're gonna get it all, we're gonna get it all, we are gonna get the 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 Magic Lands, like that is a thing. The Magic Lands are very much a part of this. That and, was and, it like, like the, the seven begin- Magic Lands. And then, well, as soon as I saw the Seven Thrones sitting there, gotcha. I was like, I, I know what's happening. Like this is not a spoiler. Like this is in the first 38 microseconds of the movie. Yes, I mean, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 all stuff that yeah. The Magic Lands is one of my favorite things about the Shazam comics that I've been reading. And dude, there's even I mean uh, doors opening and stuff, and we get peaks of stuff. We uh, the. I think we've done all we can spoiler free at this point. Why well, don't we just go ahead and go you know into spoiler territory? Uh, yeah. Alright, I got alright guys, fair right, warning. Spoilers. Fifteen minutes in, at this point, we will be talking about stuff that does pertain to spoilers. Um sorry. <laughs> no, no, I think it's it, it, you, you we we gushed about it as much as we can in normal talk. I think now is the time to really get into what we really liked. And so like you know, go on about the magic lands. Tell us more about that. So 
I'm going to relate it back to the comics once again. And in the Magic Lands, we get these these seven worlds where all types of wacky stuff can go down. Yeah, we saw gators at one point. The gators. All right. So the gators. That I'm going to go ahead and just take a shot and say that that is going to be the Wildlands that they're referencing there. And in the Wildlands, in the comics at least, it's kind of like a Planet of the Apes scenario. Like, humans aren't a thing, and if a human is captured, they're treated like an animal, essentially. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Like, I, it would just kind of seemed like a typical horror trope at, at first, but now that you explain to me when... Uh, I think it's Darla, opens the door to the Wildlands, and they just come rushing out. Yep. She's like, oh, God, no. Yep. They open another door, and you see, like, these dark bats coming out. And one one might think, oh, is that a Batman? Nah. Nah. That's the Darklands. And I don't I, think it was Darla that opened that door. I don't no, remember. No, it was Darla. It was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um... But, uh, yeah, no, and then we see, like, a hint of the Darklands. I'm like, please open up the Game Lands. Please open up the Game Lands. I want to see Mason's eyes light up. Please open up the Game Lands. <laughs> they don't open up the Game Lands, but you know what that means? The Game Lands are coming, baby. Okay. We're going to get the Game Lands. All right. Um, obviously, we, see, we know where the Earthlands are. That's where we are. Um, favorite, like, apparently favorite little reveal at the end was we were all expecting to get Black Adam. And Every instead, single one of us was expecting to get Black Adam. Instead, we get Mr. Mind. And Mr. Mind is so... Sweet to me, man. Like I, this this dude is. Mm, yeah, I don't know even, much about this dude. You just you asked me to look up what his name was because you knew who he was. You just couldn't remember it at the time. Yep. Tell me more about this guy. Uh, he's he's a he's a mind worm essentially. He's he pretty much he's all about consuming all of the power that is the magic lands. Okay. And he's pretty much he, he burrows into your head and kind of just like tells you what to do. He preys on the powerful. Okay. And, yes, this is... Oh. And when they show that scene with Dr... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Sonava? Or Solonava? Like, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sonava. I think it's Sonava. We, we said it earlier. Um, yeah, no, when we see him in that cell, and he's writing in all the calligraphy, I'm like... He's somehow going to bring Black Adam. Summon Black Adam. He's gonna yeah, you think he's going to summon Black Adam because Black Adam has, you know, all of the uh, Egyptian it? calligraphy right. and stuff. And I don't know how all that stuff works. I was just like, this is how it's going to happen. <laughs> but no. Show me the rock. Instead, we get this little voice coming from this basically a great... Well, we, we see basically a great at first. You can't tell that there's anything there. And then he moves over close to it, and it's a little worm holding... Uh, is it like a? It was just like a red light, or is that a collar on him? I think it was a book. You think it was a book? No. All right. But uh, yeah, it was very interesting, and from what you've told me, it ties very much into the story that you have in the Shazam comics currently. Um, oh man. Okay, so Shazam family was so excited when that happened because. You kind of, you see it coming, but probably only, like, in the last minute and a half, you're like, oh, this is coming. Uh, and I will say that DC did, or not just DC, uh, the directors, everybody in this movie did such an amazing job casting these kids. Because even as kids, as they were introduced, I'm like, oh, it's very, that's, that's so, so, oh, I know all these people, this is awesome, man. And even, uh, oh, shoot, what's his name, uh, Carlos? I want to say it's Carlos. They made him a chunky bastard. But I still knew it was him. 
It's I, I I loved it. I loved how all the kids had their own personality. I think his last name is Vasquez or something. I'm the last, I, my um, phone is somewhere else, and I yeah. would look this up for you. Yeah, no, it's um something along those lines. But just the way they are introduced, I I but I did not think that they would come in to the capacity that they would uh, obviously come into. Well, okay. So also, I I've got a question to ask you. Um, Savannah was the name of the doctor. Um, Victor Vasquez, that's the name of the, the dad. Oh, Victor. Yeah, gotcha. okay. Victor Vasquez is the name of the dad. The, the dad of uh, yeah. Savannah. Uh, no, no, Victor Vasquez is the dad of, is the, the foster dad. Oh, the foster dad. Yeah, that Savannah is, is, the, is, is our main villain. My, I will say that he's my favorite casting of the whole movie. Well, I want to say this very much. When it came to their casting... Nothing felt forced. None of the diversity in the film felt forced. And I've seen, um, this has been a qualm with a lot of my recent media intake. It is, we've got to have diversity for the sake of diversity. And everybody needs to include it. All skin types and all races and all sexes and everything's got to go together. And this, everything made sense because... It's a foster family of foster parents who were foster kids themselves. And so they're just taking in whatever kid is being rejected by other families or is having a hard time in the system. And it very much just turns out to be a diverse family. And it works. It absolutely does. And by the way, the kid's name is Pedro, not... Pedro, gotcha. But um, oh, but back to... Uh, oh, you were talking about Pedro. I was yeah. talking about the dad. Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, I was talking about Pedro. Um, no, the Victor Vasquez is not anything like he resembles in the comics. Really? Oh, no, he's like your, your straight, like, just picture the dad from 101 Dalmatians. Really? And that's kind of what he, that's, that's... So they took a little bit of liberty in the design choice for the character. Guy, like, I, I'm, I love everything that this guy does. Like, he's, he's in The Walking Dead right now. Well, he, he was very good casting choice. And i, I got to say, him and... Uh, he's a lovable dude. Whoever played Rosa Vasquez also felt very natural. Yeah. Like, both of them felt very natural. I will say there was, like, a couple of moments where it's like... I don't think it's your fault that this feels a little iffy right here. I think it's the, the, the directing that happened, because both of you are acting it properly. It's just the way it was framed from scene to scene. Right. Um, also, going on to the plot holes we were discussing earlier, one of the big ones that really bothered me uh, was yeah. m when Mary said the sins. When she was saying, oh, you know, if we get all the sins separated, it's, it's his power. And without, if he's all, if they're all out of him, then he's just an old man. It's he has like no power. I don't know if there was a scene that you guys cut out before that where we get like somehow that she has this knowledge, but at no point do you guys ever refer to them as the sins in front of her. Right. It doesn't happen. Yeah. No, I can't think of any moment at all when it comes out like that. And there's no. not even any moment to where like. There's even, like, all six of them out, and you could see that they're clearly distinguished as right, right. individual sins or whatever. Well, because the seventh because one... Because, yeah, seven of, the seventh one dwells in them the whole time. Yeah. So you would only see six of them. Never once would you think, oh, that's the seven deadly sins minus one. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... Because uh, you, you just... It didn't make sense. I, I will say that. But, <laughs> dude, this is a DC movie that really only had that. 
Yeah, no, there, there was... <laughs> yeah, no, I love that saying. But anyways, there were, there were very few moments where I felt taken out of the story. Very few moments where I felt taken out of the story. Um, uh, I got one. Hadouken! Hadouken was freaking great! <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think everyone else thought so, too. I slapped my head. <laughs> everybody in the theater heard my hand hit my head. And then, I and then, he, and then he said hard. fatality later on. It's like, and well, he, he did say fatality. All right, you're blending two fighting games. I guess, I mean, if you play one, you probably play the but other. But that little Asian kid made every single video game reference he could possibly make in his, like, well, 3,200-word total dialogue. Oh, less than that, probably. Yeah. yeah. The kid did not have a lot of screen time. And he did really well. Like, all of the kids did well with the screen time. You know, honestly, most of the time, child actors take me way out of the movie. Child actors are generally terrible. Uh, Bird Box. Uh, I still haven't seen it. Don't. I won't. Um... Kind of a waste of time. Lots of plot holes in that. Yeah, lots of them. Lots of plot holes. But like I was saying, generally, I have a hard time with child actors. And each and every kid in this, I don't know if it was the directing, if it was well done editing, or if the kids are actually just good actors. Nothing felt really bad. Nothing made me cringe. Nothing made me go, freaking child actors just. Nothing made me angry with the kids. They were all good. Well, I think one thing that really helped with the child actors being in this is how they tied in the actual DC Universe canon to it all about these other heroes very clearly existing. And these child... These children... Not necessarily their acting, but the, the, the made their characters more likable by how much they enjoyed the lore that is the heroes that are flying all the way around. Oh, yeah. Like, dude, they got a batarang. The Batarang draws the two in- one of the two instances of blood in this movie. Yes, and that is the yeah. same Batarang that Batflick throws. It is not a variation of No, it. that was a it, Batflick Batarang. That, that is a Batflick Batarang. Well, and, um, I mean, and the Superman bullet. Superman. Yeah, the Superman bullet, um, which my instant thought was... You wasted a moment, though. When they did the the, bull, the bulletproof scene, he could have been like, well, it's not one from Superman, but it's one from me. He could have picked one up and given it to him, like, after he lost the Superman bullet that went down the drain. I, you know, I'm actually surprised that didn't happen. But at the same time... Maybe I too predictable. Might have been too predictable, just because you and I but both... But at the same time, when you have those predictable moments, sometimes they're satisfying. Yeah, yeah, it could have been just as simple as him picking up a shell and handing it over. Like, right. A smiley, like, Payback. twinkle in the teeth. Yeah, you don't even have smile. to say anything. Just pick one up and hand it to him. Yeah, yeah. no, i give you that. Which, going to give it to the, the Superman cameo at the end. Yeah, no, I tell you what, um, didn't see that coming. No, I didn't either. Uh, you don't get a face. There's no. There's no. No. Face to that. And they cut right as he starts to sit down. It's like it looks like you're about to get a face, and bam, gone. But you can see that kid poop his pants. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, def- you clear as day. See that expression of poop. Yep. He poops. It's coming. Oh yeah. No, I. Man, I don't know what. There's there's a lot of great things to say about this movie. There I, really is. I think it was fantastic movie. Um. For DC, I rate it 10 out of 10. As far as, 
you know, just, superhero movies go. As far as the superhero movie goes, I'm gonna give it an eight point five out of ten. Okay, all right, yeah, I give it an eight. I I enjoyed it so much that I definitely would see it another three times given me given the opportunity. Oh, right on. Yeah. Right on. Uh, I know that DC has been doing better with their movies. I actually you now, see as an overall movie, I'm probably going to give it more around a seven point five to an eight. Yeah, well, but as a superhero movie, eight point five, solid. No, the, the the directing. Also, I got to give uh, credit where credit is due because uh, David Sandberg is probably going to be somebody now. Yeah, absolutely, cannot disagree. But, uh, and I, he said he looked at over a hundred different possible actors to play Shazam before he came across Zachary Levi. The dude knows that he wanted the, how he wanted his movie. No, the, the dude did so well. Yeah. Zachary Levi, I, it would not have been the Shazam that it was without him. It would not have been near as successful. I have to say, excellent casting choice all around for every character. Yeah, no, he's constantly had me laughing, man. Oh, yeah. Constantly. But no one felt out of place. Everything felt like it belonged as it should. Dude, I, I can't stress enough. Like, I, there was a point in time where, like, as soon as the moment was happening where all the kids grabbed the staff and I was like, oh. You just light up with so much glee. It's happening. It's happening. They're going to tease me. It's not going to really happen. It's going to be a dud and they're going to wait for a sequel before it actually nope. happens. Dude, when you look in the distance and you see all those other lightning bolts glowing, and that's all you see in the dust, they're all of those lightning bolts in those different positions based off of height and weight oh, and yeah. pressure and all of that. And once again, every single one of them made you feel like this is a kid getting powers, and it's like, holy crap! And Darla, I'm sorry, steals it. Oh, yeah. Dude, once she puts on the purple and realizes how fast she is, that is the only part of her superpowers. Yeah, she only uses the super speed. She only uses the super speed. And she loves it. Oh, my man. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And the and the the little uh, video game kid when he turns into the, the, the yeah the little Asian kid uh, Cho oh dude he he even almost every time you see him he's in the midst of just getting like pummeled oh yeah smile never off his face no well no. because <laughs> he's, he's he's practically invincible uh, Eugene Eugene Choi it wasn't Cho it was Choi yeah but anyways yeah he was he was uh. He was enjoying every minute of it. I, it it the, definitely the one, delivered. Though, the big one was when his boy, he looks down and he's like, I'm flying. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was that was the moment where... Oh, you know you're talking I, about Freddy? Yes. Oh, because, yeah, because Freddy's a cripple for the whole movie. And, then and when there's he gets even this, a point in time where he's like, yeah, God, I love me. Well, no, he says, you're only, you only say that because you're, ju- or you're envious or you wish you had it. You wish you, you wish this happened to you. And he goes, of course I wish it happened to me. Yeah. And, and then he I mean, delivers it back to him. Yeah. Though. And th- that was all the more reason for me to think, like, they are teasing me so hard. They're really going to make me believe it's going to happen. And and it did. And it did. I thought I, I thought they were... Uh, well, I don't think I can really say much more about it. I mean, I can just gush on and on, but we're going to end up just rambling and talking to each other through into the night. The point is, is uh, our, our, I guess I, I'm pretty sure I can speak for both of us when I say that we, we both recommend this movie. This is not a movie to... 
Don't okay. skip it. If, 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 if there's anybody out there that are that is currently boycotting DC movies, this movie will change your mind. And if it doesn't, then you're just a hateful person. Because it is the exact opposite of every formula that DC has been doing. It, it really was exactly is. what I wanted from a Shazam movie. I wanted to see Billy Batson. You know, I wanted to see... I wanted to see Captain Marvel struggling as a kid, getting his powers, and just kind of, you know, like, it's goofy, but it's serious, it's, it's, it's a little bit, you know, dramatic at some times, but most of the time it's a fun Most of film. it comes in the beginning, though. Yeah, most of the drama comes in the beginning, and it just, it, it ended up being pretty much exactly what I wanted it to be, and not even in the way that I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, that's very... Yeah, no, I'll, I'll give you that. Well, sir? Pleasantly surprised. And, once again, very recommended. Yeah, DC's I definitely Aquaman. recommend. Aquaman was good. Shazam, great. Let's see where we go from here. All right. Um, so, guys, uh, you're welcome for a shorter podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us as the comic book movies roll out. Uh, the podcast will as well. And I'm pretty sure that Mason's going to be along for the ride with me for a lot of these. So I'm going to try. Yeah. Well, nerds, thank you so much for listening. I recommend that you probably watch the movie before listening to this podcast. And the shameless plug of like, share, subscribe. All of that good stuff. You know where to find it. If you listen to a podcast, you know where to find podcasts. If you've been on social media, you know where to look for us. I'm just going to say it like that from now on. All right. Do it, do it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much, Mason, for joining me. It's late, man. we got to get some sleep, buddy. Go home. All right, bud. I'm out of here. All right. You guys read responsibly. Yeah. Cheers.